Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, episode 49, Sex and Submission, Different Viewpoints. So this is part two of a four-part podcast. Um, However, part two went a little bit long, and we talked about God's view of sex last time, and this time we're talking about men's and women's uh, different viewpoints on sex. So we'll dive right into it. Um, Last time we discovered God's purpose for sex from creation, the idea that it's for procreation and joy and pleasure, as well as mutual bonding uh, between a husband and wife, right? So today we're going to start with the men's view on sex because I'm a man and I have a little bit more insight on that than I do on the women's view. Um, the first thing we, I want to discuss is just the idea that the Bible shows men are generally more physical, drawn to the physical, physical activity, logic, uh, and that sort of thing, as opposed to the emotional and the spiritual. So just for example, I wanted to bring up uh, Proverbs 24, starting in verse 3, it says, Through wisdom is an house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man is strong, yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. For by wise counsel thou shalt make your war, and in multitude of counselors there is safety or victory. So this just goes through a whole gamut of things that men are familiar with and, and, and typically are the ones chosen to do. So wisdom, building a house, right? So you've got to have some knowledge, you know, probably math and, and, and physics and angles and, and knowledge of different types of building materials, right? And then actually the physical strength to build the house. And then by understanding it is established. And then by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with precious and pleasant riches. So then it's talking about going out and doing things to accumulate wealth. There's lots of ways to do that. Uh, Business, war, but these are physical things that generally speaking, we're talking Proverbs was probably written most of these by Solomon or David. So a man, a king wrote these verses and he's talking about, how men accumulate wealth in a man's world back then, right? Uh, Men were the businessmen for the most part. A wise man is strong, verse five. Yea, a man of knowledge increases strength. Okay, so now we're talking physical strength as well as mental strength here in order to build your wealth. For by wise counsel, here you go, here's the mental part, thou shalt make war, and there's the physical part, and in multitude of counselors there is safety. So now we're talking logic. In order to get victory, you have multiple people giving you logistics on how to do things, giving you advice on how things have been done in the past, um, helping you strategize to accomplish your goal in war to gain that victory. All right. So this is just a small part of how men are viewed in the Bible, logic and strength. Now, everything that I say today, you need to understand that this is a generalization and I'm going to get to the end and I'm going to tie it all together and you'll see how God does not necessarily require genders to stick to different, you know, specific things uh, like the business and the war and things like that. There's, for instance, there's the woman JL that uh, took down an enemy King of Israel. There's the Proverbs 31 woman that uh, was excellent in business. So, 
understand that when I say something here, I am not saying 100% every man does this and 100% every woman does that, or, or that God says every man should be this way or every woman should be that way. This is by no means a, a 100% thing because this goes back to what we talked about last week, creation. God created men and women in his image together. The two are an image of God. So it requires two. And sometimes when there is only one, you have to take on the attributes and the parts of the other one. For instance, single parents, right? Things like that, where you have to be both the mother and the father. But getting back to men here. So understand that the Bible specifically addresses to men the need for logic, wisdom, knowledge, and strength, physical strength and mental strength. And there are hundreds of Bible verses about those things. So that was just one in Proverbs 24. And this goes to men's view on sex. Our primary drive seems to be the physical need. And it's possibly God-given from the book of Genesis when God told Adam, go forth and multiply. Maybe God put it in men to actually want sex to fulfill that command. That could be. I don't know. But understand that men do have that physical need. And that physical desire. So for most men, it's kind of like uh, food, eating, right? Everyone needs to eat. Now, some people, some people eat three meals a day. Some people eat one meal a day. Some people can fast for 10 days and only drink water. Some people can't even fast for one day. They go without food for one day and they're like dying of starvation and shaking and everything. For me personally, I have, uh, I believe, a little bit of hypoglycemia where if I don't eat for you know, a large portion of the day, I literally do start shaking. And so I, I just have to have some sort of food in my body, right? So for men, sex is actually a physical need. So for some men, they need sex every day. For some men, once a week is fine. And, and there's a whole spectrum of what an individual needs, just like there is for food. But the point is, if a man goes without sex for a certain period of time, it begins to affect the rest of his life. Similarly, if you go without food at a certain point, it affects the rest of your life. And this is, this is the reason I believe that 1 Corinthians 7 talks about how it is important, it is necessary that a husband and wife have sex or it's defrauding the other person. What, is, what does it mean to defraud someone? It means to take away something that is theirs, all right? If we look at the actual definition of defraud, defraud means to illegally take something from someone else. That's very simply saying that when you're married, Sex is something that you guys are supposed to share. You're supposed to have. And I think this stems from the idea that God has actually put this desire, this need in a man. And, and science even backs that up. Women have a monthly cycle. Men, science has shown, actually have a daily cycle on times of day where they are less likely to need sex and when they actually have that strong physical need. For instance, you have the idea of men having morning wood. You wake up in the morning and you're ready to go. You're ready to have sex. 
that is a natural, normal thing for men. And that is part of our physical structure. Men across the world do not mentally prepare themselves and try to have an erection in the morning. It just naturally happens because we have physical needs. So this is something that a lot of people don't seem to understand. And you'll have both men and women that will abuse it or, or misconstrue it to think that men only want sex or men only care about sex. That's like saying a child or, or a woman only cares about food when they insist on having dinner that day. No, that's, that, that's part of the requirement for your, your daily life. And it's not selfish to need it. And it's the same thing for men when it comes to sex. And again, not all men, not 100% of the time, but it is ingrained in our DNA to need sex. And then that leads to the second part. And because of that, men have a very strong desire for eroticism, for the female form, for looking at beautiful things. I mean, all you have to do is look through history and look at statues that men have created, right? Females, many times naked females, same thing with paintings and every other art form that men do, right? It is an innate desire within men for the sensuality, for, for the female form. And what is difficult, I think, for women to understand, and a lot of times is because men portray this in the wrong way, is that men are not unemotional creatures. When women see men always looking at a woman's breasts, for instance, and always wanting sex. It's a turnoff a lot of times because they don't have that same physical need and desire for sensuality. It's viewed differently. And what I believe happens with men is when that physical need is met, afterwards, you have that feeling of fulfillment and your emotions tend to arise out of that and so they exhibit a strong desire for sensuality, which comes out of that need for the physical act. And when those things are fulfilled, the emotions come out of that. And that is why you will see a lot of men in their younger years able to sleep around and have sex with people because it's not an emotional tie that leads to sex for men. Now, if you stay with someone long enough and you continue to have sex with them and be pleased by that person, you will see the bonding and the attachment and the men's emotions arising from the person that they constantly have sex with. Now, if you flip that, remember women are another side of God's image. And I literally think it is flipped for women. You have to have the emotions first. And then when a woman has the sufficient emotions, then the physical desire comes from that. So let's look at a Bible verse here for the women's viewpoint. Uh, Luke 10, 38 through 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving. So she was making the meal, basically, in the kitchen, slaving away over the hot, open fireplace, right? And she came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Mary had chosen to sit at Jesus's feet and listen to him. All right. So I'm looking at the spiritual, the fact that she was wanting to be close to her her mentor. She wanted to listen to his words and learn from him. Right. So in my opinion, this goes to the emotional and spiritual side of things. Whereas Martha was slaving away in the kitchen, doing the physical needs, the chores, the the logical thing that had to be done so that they could all eat later. Well, which of those two was praised? It was Mary because she was doing what was natural and right and more important, right? So you can run with that if you want to. But the fact is that if you look at the different parts of the Bible, most often It's not the logic and the physical stuff that a woman is praised for in the scriptures. Most often it is leaning towards the spiritual and the emotional aspect of things. So when it comes to sex, if a woman is not emotionally fulfilled, then she's going to end up rejecting sex. So it's part of the bonding experience. The two shall become one flesh for a woman And because of the emotional needs, that bonding, that physical desire usually comes after the emotional needs are met. So I found a really good quote from uh, enrichingrelationships.org. Let me just read this to you. It says, for women, it is important to make the distinction between the objectification in the world of the female body and the genuine godly appreciation of her body as seen in the scriptures. A husband's enjoyment of his wife's body is from God. However, husbands, if the only time you touch her is to squeeze her breasts and her butt, this will not feel like godly enjoyment. And then the writer says, I, Jennifer, had a female client explain to me that when she was dressing, she would love it if her husband would come up to her from behind while she was naked, wrap his arms around her and tell her what a good mom she was, not that she was beautiful. Not that he loved her naked body, but that as he wrapped his arms around the body he so loved to see and touch, he told her how much he loved and appreciated the woman she was and what she gave to their family. This is such a delicate balance. Women loved to feel admired by the men that God has given to love them. They do love to feel beautiful, but if that beauty is not admired in the context of the whole beauty of the woman... It can lead to an unintended confirmation of the message that she's been hearing from Satan, that she is just another female body, that she is only wanted for sex, that she, the woman, is not known and valued. But if you wish to touch the heart and soul of your wife, your words to her must be full of Proverbs 31, how faithful and hardworking she is, what a great hostess she is, what a great mother and wife, and Song of Solomon, her physical beauty in its entirety. So my point is this. Both views are needed. Both sexes need to try to understand the other sex's view and realize that it is needed. It is godly. And if you don't understand the other person's view on sex, I don't know how to say this other than you need to try to understand it. We are made in the image of God. God created men and women to be together. The two shall become one flesh. 
go forth and multiply, have kids, which means have lots of sex. And I throw in the word lots there, but let's, let's be honest. It seems like men want sex more often than women do, right? So guys listening to this, you need to understand and try and learn your women's emotional triggers so that you can help fulfill the emotional needs. And then once her needs are fulfilled, she will naturally want to be intimate with you. Women listening to this, you need to understand that men's desire for sex is a physical need, that it is something given to them by God. There is nothing wrong with it. And that when they have their physical needs met, they will tend to be more emotional. Men and women are two sides of the same coin. God has created us together in his image. Both views on sex, both needs, the physical and the emotional are important. And we cannot defraud each other and take away those things. Read 1 Corinthians 7. We need to be servicing each other when it comes to the sexual needs. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand. No, I don't connect emotionally like I need to. And I don't think very many men do. All right. So I'm not trying to to say that it's only women that don't understand men. No, no, no. Men don't understand women either. Okay. We need to be entirely honest about this. Whoever you are listening to this, if you're a man, you've got to admit that. All right. Full stop, period. Now, if you're a woman listening to this, you have got to not attack your man for not knowing that. You need to focus on yourself. You need to understand as a woman that men have a valid physical need, whether they're on the same plane with you emotionally yet or not, and that you've got to help them meet that need. If you don't do that, the danger of them never being there emotionally for you is very real. This goes back to Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus said, don't look at the speck in your brother's eye and call him out for it when you have a moat in your own eye. And a moat is referring to like a beam of lumber, okay? You cannot go after your spouse for their sexual deficiencies when you have not examined your own first. Now, both sides are needed, all right? The physical is good, but the spiritual is actually more important. Uh, for instance, 1 Timothy 4.8 says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. Just the physical, and, and again, I know these don't directly relate to sex, but it's very clear that just the physical is not good enough. You know, God himself said that, uh, what, what's that verse? Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. God is looking inward at the emotions, your intentions, your spiritual side, and not just on what you're able to do physically, right? We need to, we need to do the same thing to try and focus on that emotional and the, the good intentions, the service to our wife, not to defraud her, etc. So definitely you need both the emotional and the physical, all right? And then you have... Song of Solomon, which is clearly about the physical, the beauty of the naked bodies of King Solomon and one of his wives. The physical is very important to be attracted to your spouse. 
And people don't talk about that either. Take care of your body. Make yourself desirable to your spouse. All right, then you got the second part, the Proverbs 31 woman. Check this out. Proverbs 31, verse 25 through 27. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household. The Proverbs 31 virtuous woman is logical and businesslike and spiritual. Her honor, her wisdom, tending well to the ways of her household. I'm guessing that's both emotional as well as uh, the business side of getting things done, cooking dinners and, you know, doing laundry and keeping the house clean. Look at the time period of when that was written. Okay. It seems to me that this woman had everything. She had it all. She was logical. She was businesslike. She was ruthless. She was uh, smart, but she was spiritual. She was honorable and her children loved her, which showed that she was also tender and kind. There is so much in Proverbs 31 about a woman being able to do everything. It's insane. But again, that's like the perfect woman. So it takes both sides, not merely the spiritual and the emotional, but also the physical and the logical. So in conclusion, like I said a minute ago, both views are needed. You cannot have one without the other. That is why God designed a marriage to be between a man and a woman. You need both. I hope this has opened your eyes to a little bit on the other side of things. And best case scenario would be for you to discuss this with your spouse and actually try and and understand the other person and their view of things. And then maybe another time, have another discussion where you try and help them to understand your view of things. This is an, an ongoing problem in most marriages. And I would encourage you to set aside your differences for a calm discussion without the plan of it ever leading to sex, but to just talk about sex and what your desires are and your goals and what you need and what you thought the other person needed, because most likely you're wrong. Hey, this can be fun. I love to talk about sex with my wife. It's enjoyable because I have that desire for the sensual. And I really enjoy talking about it with her. And sometimes it makes me horny and sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It helps bring out the emotional side of me because I can have these discussions with her and I can't have these discussions with some random lady at church, right? <laughs> or at work. Because that, that's just crazy. But I can do it with my wife and that helps fulfill my desires for the sensual. So even just by having this discussion, you can learn a lot and you can help fulfill each other's needs. I really do hope this has helped you. If you have anything to add, please, please leave a comment. Email me at angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. And I'll definitely try and include your insights or your pointers on, uh, on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, God bless you.